Hey, hey. Bye. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. And cue the music. Brad, play the music. What what music, Steve? For the show. And why are you whispering? Well, because you're re- you're recording, and so well, you know. You know what? Jesus, Jeff, what the hell are you doing here? Well, I'm here for the show. What show? What? The show. The podcast. You mean the one that we don't have music for? So Jeff was supposed to bring the music? No, you're supposed to bring the music. Do I really need to be here? Oh, jeez. Apparently none of us need to be here. Uh, the, the, look, I'm logged on. You're logged on. We're Skyping. Let's just do a show. What show? What in the name of all that is holy? Seriously, you're killing me. Look, just let the fans decide what show we're going to do. Pick a year, any year. Play some music. Start the show. What? Brad, do not say what show again. Okay, I got this. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we talk about the still great songs and the still lame songs. Of 1981. With me as always, uh, he's the one who wrote the skit. Completely his idea, Brad in L.A. Yeah, the reason my voice is a little off is because that bus just ran over me. (laughs) And with us for the very first time, I shouldn't say for the very first time, back for the first time since the Red Scare podcast, Jeff in Cuba. Gentlemen, good to be here. Now, as people, some people might know, you're not actually in Cuba anymore. So now you're Jeff in Cuba, then in Germany, now in where? In uh, South Carolina. But really, the, the in Cuba is more of a, a state of mind. It's more philosophical than geographical. <laughs> it's a ceremonial title, really. Ceremonial. It is very much. And it's registered trademark. So right. I, am in, I, will, I am and always will be Jeff in Cuba. Uh, so uh, two episodes removed from the greatest skits. In Stuckinese history, we probably laid the biggest turd in Stuckinese history, but we needed to because it's hard to introduce a show um, that covers 10 songs from the year 1981, uh, all of them hits, all of them top 100 hits, right, Brad? Yeah, we start out with the top 100 for the calendar year, and then we let the listeners have at it. Right, so we posted the list uh, online on Facebook and such, and we asked you, um, the fans of Stuckinese, to pick... Um, pick your favorites, song, songs that you loved then and still love now, and then the songs that you hated then and still hate now. And uh, we've tallied the results. These are completely your picks, not ours. And we'll go through them and we'll see uh, just how bad or how good that year was. So, Jeff, how old were you in uh, 1981? I actually graduated from high school in 1981. So it was a momentous year 
for me. So that would make me 18 in uh, in 81. Yeah. So started started the year in high school, finished it in college. Nice. Yes. Do you remember uh, what the theme song of your senior prom was? Uh, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> Tell me. Um, uh, time for me to fly. Really? Uh, that's not bad. That is a bad. Oh. I was expecting something that's going to show up on one of our lists. Yeah. No, no, no. Music good. Prom, eh, not so much. Did anybody have a good prom? Brad, you didn't have a good prom, did you? Uh, I don't know. Okay, junior prom, my senior prom, not so much. Okay. Well, 1981, see, uh, Brad, you and I were the same age, so we would have been what? Just starting uh, uh, high school? Freshman in high school. Yeah. 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 So that would have been, I would have been into ACDC and Journey about that time. Which makes it approximately no different than the current year we're in. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think this is the year. Yeah, this is probably the year I discovered Devo. No surprise. So let's begin with the uh, still awesome songs from 1981 that you picked. Here is number five. Number five. That's right, boys and girls. That's Whip It from Devo, and I'm I'm so touched that 80s Nation uh, still rallies around this, the one hit from my favorite band of all time. Technically from 1980, right? Yeah, the the album release, Freedom of Choice, uh, was 1980, but it charted in 81, made it all the way to number 14. I'm going to say that to Devo fans, you know, Whip It is sort of like what Touch of Grey is to Grateful Dead fans. Yeah, I get on board um, with that. Maybe a little bit of sellout, uh, you know, uh, kind of a grinding that that's their only hit when so many other songs should have been their hits. I was a Are We Not Men Devo fan uh, and, and really embraced them largely because as a, you know, angry young man, it, I knew it just made my parents angry that this music <laughs> wasn't wasn't melodic, <laughs> that it, it, they're strange looking men wearing strange clothing and playing music that. And and I just I like that you know the fact that it was uh, very much outside of the mainstream yeah and for it to turn up on MTV for it to turn up you know for Casey Kasem to actually say the word Devo um, just seemed like it that was just very very wrong it's a little jarring now, it was a one time aberration and Devo again went back and, and, and <laughs> yes a one time aberration. Start- Sort of worked the edges, continued to work the edges throughout the 80s and, and, you know, developed hardcore fans like myself, like Brad, uh, like so many others in the 80s nation. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about Devo is Devo has always been kind of in on the joke. Yeah. Well, I've gotten in arguments with people in 80s nation because I've made the claim that you could, you know, that Devo is kind of a one hit wonder in some ways. Um, they This is their chart hit. Um, now, I. I will also say that Devo obviously influenced a lot of bands, uh, and there's more to it than what they did on the charts. But if you're looking at, well, did they have one chart hit? Then yeah, they fit that definition. Um, that's not all they are, but actually, uh, VH I think VH1 called them the number 15 greatest one-hit wonder of, of the 1980s. And and I guess that just you know depends on how pejorative you consider the term one-hit wonder. You know, oh sure, yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm an engineer, so I'm going to make things as black and white as I possibly can so that I can categorize them. Right, and so I I'd say one-hit wonder. Okay, fine, but that I wouldn't say that necessarily you know diminishes 
uh, you know, their career or, yeah. you know, their body of work in any way. No, no. I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton of bands out there from the 80s that I love to this day that are practically no hit wonders. You know, Oingo Boingo, uh, they might be yeah. Giants, Pet Shop Boys, you know, who, who have one or two songs that maybe you've heard of as a casual listener of music. To your point, it's maybe more surprising that Devo did, I think, six albums for Warner Brothers. It's amazing they made that many albums for Warner Brothers before uh, they cut them loose. Well, I think Devo is one of those groups, and, and this is maybe the only time you're going to hear Devo and Duran Duran lumped together, uh, that greatly benefited uh, from the early days of MTV. MTV had 24 hours to yeah, fill each and every day. Time. Yeah. And, and Devo and, early on <clears throat> in the 70s, actually, I was just reading an interview with Mark Mothersbaugh where they someone brought them a laser disc, and they're like, "Holy smokes, we we got to get in on this. This is the future. The future is going to be you know sound and pictures. We got to start doing videos for our songs." And, you know, it turns out they were a, a little bit ahead of their time. Uh, yeah. So, do you guys remember the video for this? Uh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Devo paid for this themselves. It cost them fifteen thousand dollars. Really, to shoot that video. That much, huh? Yeah. I'm going to say I, I'd like to see that receipt. Because... Well, you know those turtlenecks. Uh, you know they're not cheap. Uh, number four on our list is another band that probably spent no more than $15,000 on any given video. Number four. Uh, another one bites the dust by Queen uh, from the 1980 album again, The Game, which was actually the focus of an entire podcast once upon a time here on Stuck in the 80s. Can I just say most distinctive bass line maybe ever. Uh, oh, yeah. When you hear that banging out, uh, everybody knows what's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was actually a pretty big song um, at that time in my life. That was like the roller skating era for me. And this was almost without any exception always the first song that they would play every saturday afternoon at super skate um for those people who were, were a little shy about getting out there on the rink another one bites the dust would always do the trick uh, and i think it's fair to say at this point you are more likely to hear this song at a stadium than you are on the radio yeah these days yeah. i mean but back then i mean is there is there not oh, a lot no. of us who Actually, it, was, it was ubiquitous it was everywhere Oh, oh no! I, I, again, it was back there. I, I say one of the reasons that this one is still awesome and has the legs it has. Pick a football game, basketball game, you know, lacrosse match, you know, curling. I mean, it's it's the go-to <laughs> stadium anthem. You know, it's just you know the pump up the crowd, get that baseline going. Yeah. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with the longevity. Uh, written by uh, bass guitarist John Deacon, who is no longer with the band, and that's sad in itself. I mean, he's he's around, but I think he just retired hmm. at some point um, and just didn't want to continue on when uh, Freddie Mercury wasn't around anymore. So he was hanging around with uh, the disco group Chic. The co-founder of Chic has basically been quoted, "Yeah, um, we were hanging around with that Queen bass player, and I think that's where he picked up the the riff for another one bites the dust is from Good Times." <laughs> Jeez. Which, like, oh, okay, that's interesting. All right, that's uh, unnecessarily accusative, but all right, fine. My favorite fun fact about this song is the uh, the medical use of another one bites the dust. It has been used by uh, CPR trainers to help you time your compressions. 
<laughs> Are you? No, is, anyone, is that no, true? I, that is. In yeah. fact, uh, although lately the light, latest public service announcements I've seen are with uh, "Staying Alive." That "Staying Alive" is now the chest compression song. So, are they only trying to train people who are born, you know, like seventy or so and earlier? Because you know, I don't know that my kids would know "Staying Alive" if it well, if it came on the radio, they'd throw something at it. So. Yeah. No. Anybody, anybody here actually know how to do CPR? Yeah, I'm really? trained. I oh, had wow. to take it at work. Yeah, and holy the, shit, the I'm the only one here who doesn't know. That's amazing. And yet, I'm also the most likely person to uh, to need it at some point. Well, if you need it, you don't need to know it. There you, you go. To instruct them while you're passed out. Oh, compressions faster. Speaking of faster, no, if you're if you're if you're that concerned, you might just have the instructions tattooed on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a self service. You have to you have to mow through the chest hair first. So I don't know if that's going to work out, but uh, let's continue the countdown. Number three. Um, you know, Pat Benatar's uh, "Hit Me With Your Best Shot" is probably a song I never need to hear again. Really? I I, I don't mean to be the the sourpuss here, for lack of a, a more interesting word. But so far, I'm not impressed with these picks. You t- you take that back. I don't I don't Keep like. It belongs on this list. I I maybe like some of these songs then the first two thousand times I heard them, but my God, "Hit Me With Your Best Shot." Even when I heard them in concert. Uh, Two years ago, I was just like, oh, here we go. Hit me with your best shot. I mean, time to go get a beer. So I'll tell you, um, I, I, I'm sympathetic to that. Yes. I mean, I think that the songs that are getting picked for this list are the are the kind of most common denominator popular stuff. So it's going to be things that we hear over and over again still. Um, I did really like the Catherine Zeta-Jones performance in the Rock of Ages movie. Ooh, really? Yeah. It's fun. I, it's fun. No, and, uh, no. I, I, no I'm, am I wrong? Okay. No, you're. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I don't know. And Just I also, I have been forced by my uh, teen daughter to watch the film Pitch Perfect. Have you seen that? Oh God, let me I, let me talk to you about Pitch Perfect. I've probably seen that movie ten times because uh, my girlfriend's daughter has it mm-hmm. um, in the, uh, on DVD on her iPad on iTunes. And anytime there's a sleepover here, and there's a sleepover every practically every weekend, um, it's always with someone who's you know so and so has never seen Pitch Perfect. Let's watch it again. And so I have seen Pitch Perfect and Hit Me with Your Best Shot so many times. It's causing abnormal ticks. So you're saying you don't like Pitch Perfect? No, it's yeah, a good I'm movie. A, it's a good I'm movie. A, <laughs> yeah, actually, I really I really enjoy it. <laughs> but. There's a lot of good it. 80s music in it, and this is one there of There is. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should go out and you know, bring your daughter, take her to see Pitch Perfect, or, or rent it, I should say, because it's no longer in theaters. Um, I remember my, my, my biggest recollection of Pat Benatar these days lately is when, when I got this, the bait and switch from them. Uh, I guess it was just over a year or so ago. It wasn't it was that long ago. Yeah. No. When uh, they were coming to play in Tampa, and they called me up, and they were like, hey, do you want to you know, talk to Pat Benatar and Neil Gerardo? And I'm like, sure, I'd love to. And the day before, it's like, well, okay, Neil's going to be calling you tomorrow at 3. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Neil? What about Pat? Oh, Pat doesn't do interviews. <laughs> okay, I'll just go rewrite all my questions. I will say this, and, and I had this one on my list uh, largely because 
know, Pat Benatar is the definitive female voice of the early 80s. And she won like, what, two, three uh, best female rock performances like in a row at the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Great. So if you look at, you know, that run and those songs, to me, this is the one that's got the legs. This is the one that, you know, uh, I wouldn't s- still not mind listening to. I think a lot of a lot of her music's been played to death. Loves a battlefield. Oh my god, never oh, again. See, yeah, there you go. That's, you know, it I guess it's all relative. I mean, yeah, it's been played a lot and it's probably taken some of the edge off of it, but so many of her other songs have absolutely been played into the ground. Oh, I don't know if anything comes close to this one. So, to uh, call back to a theme that was popular in the the hot and horrible of 1980, this track was also covered by Alvin and the Chipmunks on their album oh. Chipmunk Rock. As was Whip It. Oh, no, that means now we got to play it. Here we go. No words. No words. I know. Uh, I guess we should do an Alvin and Chipmunks episode of Stuck in the 80s. Maybe I, think in the, we, I think we're covering it in pieces. I don't think we need year to Year 12. Year 12. Yeah, when that, that happens. Episode 400. Uh, let's march on with the list. Number two. Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police. Again, not on my list. On my list. I like this song, and I may be the only police fan who will say this. I think I like the Don't Stand So Close to Me 86 better. Ooh. You are that is kind of, the only. That's pretty, pretty bold. Sure. I mean, I like 86, but I don't like it better. I think it just. I think it's more al- aligned with the lyrical content. The music is. And maybe no, that's I- the attraction to the original, is that it's a little jarring. Right. What I love about this song is, is first of all, the lyrical content. Um, you know, I can imagine as a young school teacher, this is a problem that Sting had to deal with a lot. Sure. You imagine if you're imagining a room full of like 14 year old girls and, you know, a, a early 80s era Sting walks through the door. Hello, <laughs> I'm Mr. Sumner, your teacher. <laughs> is he wearing the metal bikini from Dune? Why does he have a Cockney accent suddenly? <laughs> Just go with this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm picturing, my, my picturing Sting as Fade Ralph as a teacher. I will kill you. They won a Grammy for this in 1982 uh, for Best Rock Performance uh, by a duo group with vocal. And I'm desperately trying to find out who they beat out for this award because I'm sure it's like Dexy's Midnight Runners and <laughs> stuff like Nana. You know, I, I really want to know because, I mean, it's just like, oh, 1982. What the hell? Uh it only made it to number 10 on the Hot 100 in the United States, uh, but it was the biggest selling single of the year in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and, then, I... and, and then, again, if you want to talk influential music, you know, that riff comes back again uh, with Dire Straits and Money for Nothing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, and that's probably its best use. I, I got to admit, I've never been a police fan. 
Uh, I didn't see him. I had chances to see him over and over again over the years, and I've never done it. The only time I've ever seen any semblance of him is when I saw Sting uh, a couple of times. And, of course, that brings up the famous um, bags of rum in my pants that explode. Uh, oh, I story. didn't know that was a Sting concert. That was a Sting concert. Uh, nice. So that's really, I mean, the, my only love for the police is because of bags of rum exploding in my pants. and I, That's really not enough to hang a whole uh, list on. If bags of rum are not enough, <laughs> good heaven, <laughs> what is? Bags of what, my friend? Bags of what? So the other nominees for that, that Grammy, uh, maybe a little better than you thought. Uh, Foreigner 4. Uh, REO Speedwagon High Infidelity, uh, Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with Tom, Stop Dragging My Heart Around, and the Rolling Stones Tattoo You. Now, huh. Some of those are albums and some of those are songs. I don't understand the Grammys at all. Yeah, I never have understood the Grammys. And the Grammys have never understood rock and roll at all. Yeah, that's true. But I do understand why uh, the number one song uh, on our list has been chosen. Let's hear what it is. Number one. I'll play along with the charade. That doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body, I just know it And there's the second appearance of Neil Girardo on the list. He plays the solo on that. Yeah, yeah. Jesse's girl, Rick Springfield, uh, with the infamous guitar solo by Neil Girardo. Yeah, that's true. Um, Rick Springfield, I think, holds the um, record for number of most number of interviews on Stuck in the Eighties. I think it's <laughs> three. Has and, he been uh, on three times? Wow. Well, I've interviewed him three times okay. for sure. And I don't think maybe maybe only twice were they actually on the podcast. And he was one of the very first people we ever interviewed in person too. Back in the very first year of the podcast, he came up into our studio when we were recording live from Ruth Eckert Hall. And the same day we did uh, Loverboy, and we snuck into Eddie Money's uh, dressing room thinking they'd be full of cocaine, only to find out it was full of Wonder Bread and peanut butter. <laughs> Man's so, got to eat. It's, it was a weird night. But I can see why this song is there. I mean, to me, this is one of the few songs that I still – I won't turn it off if it comes on. Uh, for me, this is a song that is is – Awesome now was not a fan though back in the in eighty one of this song. Um, I, yeah, I would say I like it more now than I did then. Yeah, uh, you know, I, again, I'm an, uh, I'm a freshman at Colorado State University, and this is the absolute peak of Luke and Laura era General Hospital. You know, uh, it's you know, Doctor Noah freaking Drake has got a song out, and this thing this reeks of Bobby Sherman to me. Uh, and I ran from it. I ran from it like nobody's business. Now, since then, I've come to realize that it is it's a fine piece of it's a fine piece of music. And certainly now is maybe the most single evocative 80s tune um, that, you know, you know, brings us all back to that point in time. Well, and I think uh, it's, at a, the time, it's a ugh. song that we can all kind of get our hang your hat on, too. It's like, oh, you know, I have a friend. He has a girlfriend. Why is she with him? That never yeah. happens, right? As Springfield has said during the interviews, this um, is a real um, kind of episode from his life. He was taking an art class with his friend Gary, and it was Gary's girlfriend that he had the hots for. 
Um, and when he went to uh, write the song, he just Jerry's thought girls a little too alliterative. Yeah, just too alliterative. So we get Jesse instead. And I still say I've seen now Rick Springfield. I've probably seen three times in concert over the years, and it's always nice to be one of ten men in the audience for a Rick Springfield concert. But well, I mean, he he really hams it up. Oh yeah, with Jesse's he, 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 he knows he knows who his audience is. Yeah, he'll play like the first three notes and then stop, and everybody goes crazy, and then he'll play another three notes and stop, and everybody goes you know, is just wailing with you know hormones, and and then finally he plays it. But he's if you've never seen him and you're kind of like ah Rick Springfield, I, would, I don't know if I'd ever want to see him in concert. He's really good. He's I mean, good. He's, yeah, he's I mean I've seen him at a couple of fairs. Ah. No, he's doing better than that. Well, I think, I, okay, I've seen him twice. The first time I saw him was at the Orange County Fair, and I saw him probably five years ago at the Ventura County Fair. And you know what? He killed it. He just yeah. killed it. Yeah, yeah. And he's touring. Um, I think he's touring, doing like an acoustic tour now, where it's just him and his guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and provocatively named like Rick Springfield Stripped Down. You know, just to like, let's just milk it for all it's worth. But, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I you know I still respect him. He's, he's a great interview. He's he's a he's a great story from the eighties, and, and that song will live on as long as we're still talking about that decade. Did you know that this song was number one when MTV launched? No, I didn't. Yeah, this was number one. And if it had not ascended to the top, uh, it bumped Air Supplies, the one that you love, out of the number one <laughs> spot. So that was a weird time of music, my friend. You go, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, this is also covered on Chipmunk Rock. God's sakes, Chipmunks. Uh, I mean, how many apparently, albums do the chipmunks put that are out? voting in these polls are the chipmunks. Why do you why do you know this? This is not good. I study. You study the I do wrong my homework. Things. So with the good comes the bad, and so now it's time to talk about uh, the lame then lamer now songs from nineteen eighty one. Here we go. Number five. Juice Newton, anyone? Now, I am going to say right now that I am a big fan of Juice Newton. I think he's a talented performer. However, this song really, really does bite. Uh, it, this, this is horrible. <laughs> Please don't use technical terms. Yeah. Uh, I'm confused by your verbology. Now, this is... You, uh, he this likes is, you know, I, No, this is horrible. It's <laughs> horrible. It's. I mean, she is. She's got a kind of a rockabilly vibe. You think of like, you know, Queen of Hearts. You know, that Dave driving Dave Edmonds tune. You think of, you know, Love's been a little bit hard on me. Yeah. And this is a just a dir- This is just a dirge. This very is just treacly. very treacly. Yeah. And you know, and again, lyrically, you know, the story of a woman who seems to be super cool with the fact that you know she's going to get kicked out in the morning. That's awesome. You know, it's like, don't worry, that's great. I get it. One night thing. I'll just be. I'm leaving now. I'll, That's it. 
Yeah. <laughs> just just touch my cheek and then I'm gone. Thanks. That's uh, uh it's just appalling. This was written in 1967 by Chip Taylor, who I don't know who Chip Taylor is, but he wrote the song. Um, and it was originally offered to Connie Francis, and she wouldn't do it. She's like, this is too risque. I can't say that. <laughs> it's too risque. I yeah, guess. well, because it's about yeah, well, Jeff. I never, I, I've never listened to this song enough times to ponder its meaning. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Well, Connie Francis apparently read the lyric and said no. Uh, but it has been recorded by, like, a thousand people. Like, Olivia Newton-John has a version of it. Dusty Springfield did a cover. The Pretenders did a cover. In 2012, Mrs. Tom Hanks did a version. Is that the name of a band or something? No, Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson. <laughs> there you go. I don't think that the song itself is inherently kryptonite, and that you that you, I just think you know Juice Newton. This is a bad mix. A bad song a good, for her. Yeah, good. Good doesn't align well with her talent. How much? How much you want to bet she closes with this song? Oh, you think this instead of no. uh, Queen of Hearts? She's gonna yeah. she's gonna close with Queen of Hearts. Yeah, this is someplace in the middle. I'm looking it up right now. We're gonna she's gonna determine. say this is where she says, "Okay, I'm gonna slow things down a little." It's gonna be Angel of the Morning. Solo spot comes in. The rest of the band goes off, and here we go. And, you know, has a smoke, and and she sits on a stool with an acoustic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you sons it. of bitches! You're right. I, I she closes with Queen of Hearts. But next to the last song is Angel of the Morning. So what's she up to these days, Brad? So she's still playing. She's still performing. She has a few things on the calendar for 2014. Uh, The last album she released was an album of duets in 2010, and it was all kind of standards. Uh, Well, maybe not standards, but stuff like You've Lost That Loving Feeling and Fooled Around and Fell in Love. And she was singing with like Willie Nelson and Glenn Campbell and Dan Seals before he passed away. Well, I should hope so. Yeah. Well, Jeez. he doesn't sing very well dead. <laughs> He's only mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. What's number four on the list? Oh. <laughs> Here, hit it. Number four. Endless Love uh, by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. And, uh, <laughs> and did anyone like this song then? No. I pretended to like it to impress a woman. Yeah, I mean, I was a pimply fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old. This did not have anything for me. <laughs> you know, it was a slow dance tune, so I pretended to like it in order to dance in a. In close proximity to females. I think that's I think that's totally okay. That's about the only use for it. Interestingly enough, the movie um, that it was recorded for is being remade. Yeah, it comes out next month. It comes out February February fourteenth, I think Valentine's Day. Same day as two other eighties remakes. Can you name them? Um, oh shoot, I know this. Uh, I don't. About last night is one of yeah, them. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the other one. I'm sorry. And RoboCop. Oh, I'd completely forgotten about the RoboCop remake. Yeah. Which of those three? Which of those three will you guys see? 
Uh, I would probably see the About Last Night remake. I mean, if I want to see RoboCop again, I'll watch RoboCop again. And if I want to see Endless Love, I'll go jump off a tall building. <laughs> I, I, I think I think RoboCop might benefit from what's happened in the world of special effects in the last 30 years. Yeah. Um, but certainly from a storytelling standpoint, I'm not sure what it could happen to it. Uh, but I would say the thing, I would say about last night the one why why remake that that seems you know somewhat superfluous I mean you know, snarky snarky shallow people are snarky shallow people you know yeah but now we get well, some new snarky shallow people yeah that's it that's the only reason is to, it's to launch a couple more careers and that's that's fine whatever you know yeah. people connect to stuff that we loved in the eighties I'm I'm all for it I guess yeah. So what uh, are Diana Ross and Lionel Richie up to these days, Brad? So Diana Ross, 69 years old, and she's still touring. Uh, last year she did a South American tour and a U.S. tour, and Lionel Richie also still touring. He did a, a short uh, one-month tour late last summer. Um, last show was at the Hollywood Bowl. thought about going, but did not get tickets. But this is kind of an interesting duet between the two of them. It was written by Lionel Richie, but it's kind of, you know, they're kind of crossing. Lionel Richie goes up from there to a huge solo career. And Diana Ross, I think this is one of her, this is her biggest selling single uh, and kind of her last giant hit. So they're oh. kind of crossing there. You know, one's on the way up, one's on the way down. Well, it's all down with this particular tune. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a wise pick, and I think I may have picked this song myself. Let's see who picked number three on the list. Number three. I was dancing in the dark with strangers, no love around me. When suddenly you found me, oh. Every woman in the world, air supply. There's a lot of hatred. A lot of hatred on air supply. Uh, I tell you what, I was torn on which air supply song uh, really belonged on the list because there's so many to choose from. This is the second song from this one album uh, on our worst of lists now because the last one had uh, Lost in Love. I'm going to go ahead and say um, I disagree again with this. I, I have a complicated history with air supply. And I don't want that to turn into like a T-shirt slogan. You're an or air supply apologist. I know. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. I've heard the podcast where you guys towed me up to these guys. You know, once I, I went, we were going to do the interview. We did the interview, you know, five years ago or whatever it was with with Air Supply and um, prepping for it. You know, I was listening to the music again, and I kind of, kind of, sort of reconnected with it a little bit. And then they ended up being such nice guys uh, when I met them in person. And you know, I went backstage and hung out with them and. They they just, they wanted me to hang out and they were asking me questions about the town and it was just it was weird yeah. you know to be like uh, to have these guys be so friendly and then um, I saw them again here in Orlando just about six months ago they were playing um, you went back uh, food and wine fest oh okay. you know they so had they're at free Epcot? concerts yeah so there were free concerts at at Epcot Center during food and wine fest and it's usually a lot of uh, 80s acts and some early 90s stuff. You almost always Smash Mouth is there. I mean, that's like <laughs> that was the joke I was about to make. 
They're there every year. I mean, <laughs> Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is there every year. Well, I like them. But uh, Air Supply is there. I think uh, Night Ranger is pretty much yeah. a staple. When Blondie's but touring, they, they probably <clears throat> stop by. Yeah, and so, but for Air Supply, it was just packed. Just not a seat to be had. Huh. You couldn't get within 100 yards of the stage. And people were just crazy for him. And then there's a couple songs. I think it's Every Woman in the World where uh, Russell comes out and walks through the crowd as he's singing. And people are just like it's falling just at his not feet. not a good song. Well, Steve, if everybody at that concert got up and marched off a cliff, would you march too, young man? Yes! They must be something I don't. Please don't think that we're trying to cast aspersions on individuals. Everybody on this list, they're all talented musicians. Uh, right. They're, they're, I'm and, I'm sure, and I'm sure they're wonderful folks. But the fact of the matter is, you know, not only does this song – oh, somebody want to pick up the body? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you want to know what happened? I, I was, yeah. I'm sitting here you know, pretending to ignore what you're saying, you know, not take it personally. And so I started fiddling around with this bottle of cologne that I got for Christmas from my mom, you know, like a stocking stuffer. I don't even know what brand it is. I can't read it. And so I'm just fiddling around. Suddenly, it just it just fell over and spilled over my entire desk. You sure it wasn't a bag of cologne in your pants? It box? looks <laughs> it's blue. It's blue cologne. I can. That's oh, all I can tell like you. It's like aqua velva. Oh, it's not a cut. It's not a cut. I can see it now. I can see the name. All right. Anyway. I smell it. Anyway. So anyway, what's number one? The- <laughs> yeah. No, no. We're still moving on. on. We're that was number that- three. No, okay. Great. Yeah. The the pain continues. Here we go. Number two. Number two. It's now or never Come hold me tight Kiss me, my darling Be mine tonight Tomorrow will be too late It's now or never Wow, people got it right this time. Oh, yeah. John, it's now or never by John Schneider. Should have stuck to shooting uh, exploding AKA, arrows. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard, yeah, Bo Duke. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I didn't consider this a, a lame song because I barely considered it worth considering. I mean, this is just. I mean, I really wonder how this gets on a list of. of I know that it was on the charts and it was somewhere in the top 100, but give me a break. This was this wasn't this song isn't worth hating. Well, I certainly didn't remember it, but if you listen to this, I mean, he just drains all of the soul out of this Elvis song. I mean, it is a glass of milk and saltine crackers. Uh, wow. It is so bad. I mean, Steve, I'm picturing you with the It's Now or Never preset on your ham and fun machine and then some white dude in pulled up high pants and a short sleeve dress shirt and a pocket protector doing spoken word to this song. It's awful. Yeah, I guess. I mean, thankfully, I never heard it back in the 80s because I'm sure this was this never played on any radio station I was listening to. So it's just, it's just we were, this is somehow it, this snuck on the list. And I have no idea why. Um, much like um, uh, his uh, partner, Tom Wopat. I was waiting for uh, that name to come up. Schneider is still uh, he's still out there acting and, and sometimes singing. I, I can't remember the last time I saw him. I know I think Schneider bought like 
the General Lee, like the original General Lee car. Oh, yeah. I want to say I remember writing a blog item when he bought it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. Well, he's doing a lot of he's done a lot of TV work. Yeah. Uh, he's on a series right now. He was Pa Kent on Smallville. He was awesome on Smallville. He was Kevin Costner on TV. <laughs> wow! That. Now that's a line. Hey, did you know I was Kevin Costner on TV? That's weird. <laughs> so this album that has "It's Now or Never" on it. There's also a cover of the Commodore Still on there. I saw on the track listing, and I'm scared to death to listen to that. Yeah, but we're going to right now. Here we go. Lady, morning's just a moment away, and I'm without you once again. Yeah, we shouldn't. You're have done a that. bastard, Steve Spears. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> huge mistake. I'm a yeah, I don't. Some you can't unhear some things. So I'm going to apologize. That. And we're really going to apologize because what we're going to play you next uh, really is a crime. Wait, wait, wait. I, got a, I got a John Schneider story. I got a, have you guys heard this John Schneider Give story? Give it to us. All right. This, is like, this has been circling the internet like in the last week or so. Uh, apparently, he was sitting for a publicity shoot with a photographer. Uh, and according to the blog the photographer wrote, at the end of the shoot, he comes over to the photographer and says, hey, do you mind if uh, – if we take some more photos, there's a little something going on, and I, and I want to get it captured on film. So the guy's like, oh, okay, fine. So he, go, he goes back, and he just starts bawling, just just wrecked. Um, huh. And so the photographer goes over, and, and he looks up and says, I, you know, I found out during lunch that my father had died, and I wanted to get this – I wanted to capture this moment. Oh, How weird gosh, is that? I mean, again – that's just, I mean, uh, again, I, I, wow. I, I, can, yeah, I, can and I read it on the internet, so you know it must be true. It's got to be uh, true. <laughs> but according to the photographer, he came back for lunch, he was fine, he was crushing the, the photo shoot and mugging for the camera, and then when it was over, he's like, oh yeah, just a second, if, you know, I need to be completely emotionally wrecked now. And I want you to take uh, pictures of it? Just, and the photos have been all over uh, the internet. Uh, uh, so they're hmm. out there, if you'd like to see what... what what Kevin Costner on TV looks like uh, when he's emotionally wrecked. There you go. We we put it off long enough. Not one more John Schneider story can can prevent the uh, the apocalypse that awaits us now. <laughs> I apologize in advance for those who break a set of uh, ear pods or an iPod or a uh, God forbid your computer monitor when you hear this. You're driving. Pull over. Get to a safe space. You did this to Get yourself. Your pick, not ours. This is what happens when you take polls on the internet. Number one on our list. Here we go. Number one. Eyes that look like heaven. Lips like cherry wine. That girl can show enough make my little light shine. I get a that feeling up and down my spine. Oh, God, the Oak Ridge Boys. Giddy up, boom, 
just when you thought it was safe to yeah, listen to the podcast. Thought, there again. is no earworm that will that can punish me anymore. We present you with that. I, I really feel myself blinking uncontrollably after I hear that. It's awful. But it was huge. Oh, yeah. I, my, my parents loved the Oak Ridge Boys. I think they've seen them in concert. Well, they're still around, too. I God, mean, they were on. Remember when this song was big? They were on every television show. Well, this show was back. Yeah, that was back in the era of the musical, you know, kind of review show, right? The variety yeah. show. And they were on so all of them twice. Every one of them. Oh, my God. I, I, I can picture it. It's burned under my retina. For me, this harkens back to where we are, you know, in 1981, where there really were a couple of different ways to musical, musical success, you know. And, and if you look at our jaded view or the 80s nation jaded view, we're all about the songs that were going the MTV route, you know, uh, kind of embracing uh, new media as it existed back then. Uh, and then we are, you know, poo-pooing the Oak Ridge Boys who were using the Andy Williams show route to fame. Yeah. Uh, that was so successful in the, in the, in the sixties and seventies. Uh, and it was again, the, maybe the last gasp of a dying media stream. Um, I honestly, I don't think it's that bad. I think it is what oh. it is. I, uh, I think, uh, and, uh, please, and oh, uh, fine, fine. This is, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh, please. The problem is it's on the same list. I mean, it, yes, it had it had pop crossover success, but it's a country song. It doesn't belong on this list. Uh, no, it absolutely belongs on this list. Absolutely belongs on this list because I think this song is responsible for at least another year of soft country on the on the top forty. Yeah. And the Oak Ridge Boys begat Eddie Rabbit. Yeah, and lo, it was mediocre. We all sobbed. <laughs> you know what'll cheer me up though? The Ziggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. You play a snippet of a movie from the eighties if you can get it right. Uh, we say your name, and remember last show, I was lamenting that nobody got the movie right. Um, so I played a different clip this time, and everyone figured it out. Here it was. Thanks. That's Tough Turf with James Spader. Uh, anyone remember t- Tough Turf? Yeah, absolutely. It's got uh, the girl from Escape from Witch Mountain. Uh, got some nudity in that one. That's what Kim, you relate to? Kim Richards. Kim Richards. Oh, yeah, it's the one from Kim Escape Richard. from Witch Mountain. I remember Kim Richards. Come on, she's Escape from Witch Mountain. Yeah, I She's a desperate so. housewife now. I'm telling oh, you. God. Times have changed. Uh, who are the winners, Brad? Winners include Cecil Calhoun, Peter Ryan, John in Phoenix, Kevin Serving Wench, Pinhead, and the man known only as Rowan. Oh, but we have one other entry here. I'm sorry. We also have the great Tor Hansen, who writes, Hey, Steve. Hey, Brad. And co-host of the week. That would be you this week, Jeff. No, uh, no thank you. Thanks for pulling that blank in for me. I, I must that. have missed the last MMM segment because I'd recognize the sound of Spader swiping a beer and foiling a robbery from his 10-speed in my sleep. Tough Turf was on a loop in my house for about six months when I was 15. It was the movie that taught me that an effete Connecticut bon vivant could clean up the streets of Culver City with nothing more than a dart gun and a bomber jacket. That being the case, Spearsy, don't bury the lead here, I implore you. People may come to Tough Turf for its unflinchingly accurate portrayal of youth violence in the land of Jack Mack and the heart attack. I forgot they're in this movie. But they fall in love and stay for James Spader's nearly melodious, milquetoast serenading of an aggressively crimped Kim Richards. (laughs) You simply must play a nibble of spades singing I Walk the Night if you're going to spend more than one minute talking Tough Turf. Stuck in the thing for the thing tour. Uh, here we go. James Bader singing 
I Walk the Night. I feel the thunder. I feel the pain. I know the struggles you keep, the nights in the rain. I feel your face. I hear your eyes. I know the nights that you cry, but still. We survive. I walk the night. I walk the well, night. Well, darling, you care to dance? Fighting the darkness that breaks our hearts. We hold each other tight. I walk the night. Now, why wasn't that on our list today? Uh, it didn't chart. Yeah. Actually, that was that movie is eighty four, maybe eighty five. No, it's a, it's a little earlier than that. But I mean, I, don't I think, think my so. eight, no eighty four, eighty four, maybe. But uh, I was living in California when that came. <laughs> it's so it's it's always fun to see Spader try to play the hero instead of the villain. Yeah, there aren't a lot of it. Aren't a lot of examples. Yeah, there's that, and there's um, I think Colors is the only other one I can think of, or um, True Colors, I should say. Yeah. That's the one from nineteen ninety one with him and. Uh, Oh, John Cusack, Cusack, where John Cusack is actually the villain for a change. Interesting. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Earth's in danger too, isn't it? And no, I did not use the Excalibur test. It was called a video game. If you know it, email us at sit80s at gmail.com or steveinthe80s at gmail.com or bradinthe80s at gmail.com. And that's an 80s with an 80s not spelled out, please. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. <laughs> ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Hey, you know the drill. We'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s. And uh, I swear to God, we're going to make these easier and easier. Um, here was the clip from last show. That's Love of the Common People by Paul Young. Well, you can live in the love of the common people. Smile from the heart of a family man. Daddy's gonna buy you a dream to cling to. Mama's gonna love you just as much as she can. And she can. Love that song. I, I thought it was Fanfare for the Common Man by uh, Copeland. Is it Lake and Palmer? Every time I see that that song title, that's what I think of is "Fanfare for the Common Man." But that's yeah, because I yeah. got dragged to too many orchestra concerts as a kid. God, that or your parents are prog rock fans. Uh, not that. Uh, <laughs> what uh, name some of the winners for us, Brad? Our winners this week include Phil from Adelaide, John in Phoenix, Paul from the Scottish Highlands, Scott in New Hampshire, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Peter Ryan up in Montreal. Bald Butts in Mandara, Western Australia, Irish Dave in Orlando, where it's chilly, and Oliver the Bard Bardenhire. Can I just say that it's not chilly in Orlando? We just established that now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's been cold. Perception is reality. We have, we have, uh, I have two fireplaces here at the why the Spears Mance, and um, there's one downstairs and one upstairs, and we've actually been using them over the last week. It's been that cold here. We had frost on our cars this week. We were we were all shocked. We didn't know whether we should drive them or not. 
Just let I'd just like to apologize bit. to the members of the 80, 80s nation who actually have weather. Yeah, I live in Southern California, <laughs> but I don't play up the fact that it's been 72 for the last three weeks. Oh, I guess I just did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for this week's challenge, uh, we actually have a really cool special uh, montage that's been built by our longtime fan and friend Gary and Gilroy. Um, Gary kind of got inspired by some of the recent montages that we've done. We actually haven't done any recently, but we've done some over the years. But he has a countdown montage. So in this, you're going to hear numbers from nine down to one pulled from various 80s songs. and You have to get them all right in order. If you do, you'll be entered in a drawing for... Insert fabulous prize. Steve will buy you a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a stuck in the 80s clock. Um, yeah, one beer will be a purchase for you uh, should you travel to Steve's house at your own personal expense. I'll, uh, I'll, we'll come up with something fun to give away. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll be some stuck in the 80s swag that I'll actually order for you and, and have it hand delivered. Pay attention. Here we go. How many of those did you guys get right? Any? Um, on first listen, I think I could pull maybe four or five of those. You have the answers, right, Brad? He said he sent them yeah, to you. Yeah, he did send me the answers, but I haven't okay, looked so at them. Okay, so you've seen them. Okay. I think you ought to play it one more time for people. One more time. You're right. I mean, you could have just rewound your podcast. But you know, gonna, help them out. We're going to pretend help it's a radio show. Maybe they're driving suddenly and they Brad, don't want to take their Brad eyes off the road. Suddenly Brad thinks it's a radio road. show hit. Jeez, yeah, work with me here, problem. Spears. You download it twice, you know. We could certainly use the download. I, I do. Actually, I downloaded it <laughs> at least twice. Here we go. One more time. Gary and Gilroy, play your montage. I definitely know what number five is. Uh, and four, I think. <laughs> That's about I, I have to think. Nine, nine, five, and four I have down for sure. Um, the other one's not a third of the way to being a giant wiener, yeah. Steve. So I could buy myself a T-shirt. Ooh. I I I think I have no clue. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, if you have them, you know the email addresses. Send us an email, and uh, we'll enter you in the drawing. We'll find out what happens. We'll be right back after this commercial break. What'd you say this was again? McDonald's calls it the McRib sandwich. It's a new kind of cue. McRib? I don't see any bones. Hey, who wants bones in a sandwich? McRib is all meat. Lean pork that's grilled and simmered in a hickory smoke-flavored barbecue sauce. Mm. And put on a home-style roll with pickles and onions. Well, how about it? Mm -hmm. The McRib sandwich. A new kind of cue. Mmm. a few minutes left so i'm kind of curious um like i said in, when we started i did not vote for most of the songs that were on this list um but i do want to share which with you which ones i did pick um and we all kind of share our picks i, I for songs that i still love from 1981 that were on the list uh alan parsons project games people play uh, uh hollow notes kisses on my list uh christopher cross's uh theme from arthur the stroke by billy squire yeah 
Keep on Loving You by REO Speedwagon. I can't believe nobody – that didn't make it into the top five. And All Those Years Ago by George Harrison, which I sus- suspect we'll be hearing again. Uh, yeah, that one might come up. I yeah. could be wrong. For, for my uh, – uh, Brad, what were your awesome picks? My awesome picks were uh, Jesse's Girl. Um, I had Dan Fogelberg's Same Old Lang Syne on there because, as has been noted on the show, I'm a sucker for a song that tells a story. Um, cool in the Gang Celebrations on there because I think that's a great – that's got a great groove. Uh, Whip It. Uh, Sheena Easton for Your Eyes Only, one of my favorite Bond themes. Let's see. Alan Parson Project Time and the Coffee Achiever song, also known as the ELO track Hold On Tight, which I don't know if you guys remember that Coffee Achiever commercial. Yeah, sure. The Movers, the Shakers, the Coffee Achievers. <laughs> Jeez. No, no. Jeff, remember which awesome songs you picked? Yeah, I think uh, I definitely had the the Stroke. And I uh, I know I had Pat Benatar. Uh, don't Stand So Close to Me was on my list. See, I'm 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 hip to the people. You're with, with the, the people. people. You are of the people. I I have my fingers on the pulse, um, but I uh, I thought the most glaring omission might have been uh, John Lennon, uh, starting over. Uh, yeah. I, again, because of what transpired right there at the dawn of 1981, John Lennon was you know that album, his return to popular music. And again, I remember I had that album on vinyl, and you would have to physically lift the stylus to get over those Yoko tracks to go you know, kind of go John. You know, all you kids today, you just hit, you, you and know, your can skip, just skip buttons and your fancy playlists. It was like you would have to die for the turntable, you know, because it was a John track and then some just some horrible Yoko stuff, and then another great John track. That was big. That is to me uh, much more, I guess, evocative of, of a place in time than just about any, any other song of the year. Yeah. I you speak of uh, lifting the stylus and and uh, the needle and moving it across to another song. Did anyone here have a um, cassette player in their car that had the smart feature where if you hit fast forward, it would automatically it would automatically fast forward your cassette to the next pause between songs? Yeah, I had a I had a boombox that did that. Probably that I probably got in eighty one, and it was like this new technology is amazing to me. <laughs> no wonder we sent people to the moon. We can fast forward a song on a cassette now. By the sky's the limit. Bring me more tang. Uh, among the lame songs, I, I did have It's Now or Never. I had Blondie's The Tide is High. Um, I had Journey, Who's Crying Now, which is still one of my least favorite oh, Journey songs wow. of all time. Kim Carnes, Betty Davis Eyes. And really? I like swear to song? God, no, no. And um, the number one song I would have picked for the worst song of 81, uh, Manhattan Transfer Boy from New York City. Uh, now I'm I'm gonna play my Juice Newton card on that one. I like the transfer. That song does in fact uh, make my skin crawl. But I do like uh, Manhattan Transfer. Brad, Brad, what was on your list of uh... Uh, the lame list here? I got Gino Vanelli living outside myself. <laughs> uh, the Beach Boys medley. That's just such a naked cash grab. Ugh. The Barbara Streisand Barry Gibb uh, duet. Guilty. Uh, Neil Diamond's Love on the Rocks. Um, and then I get into uh, I'm, I'm with the I'm with the crowd here on Every Woman in the World and Elvira, and then I've got Diana Ross's It's My Turn, and I know this is going to be controversial. The Greg Kinn Band's The Breakup Song cannot stand that song. That's Never fine. need to you hear either it. Like again. it or you don't. Yeah. It's just okay. not a good Je- song. Jeff, what was on your list of the worst? Uh, well, I think uh, I think I'm on the record for my hatred of Stars on 45. Uh, that's uh, uh, appalling, absolutely appalling. Um, uh, Terry Gibbs, somebody's knocking, uh, uh, cre- creepy tune, uh, and the, the use of an apostrophe at the end there. 
Yeah, well, you know, I couldn't find <laughs> the G key on the keyboard. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I also have Barbara Streisand and Barry Gibb. You know, the perfect storm of of stuff that my grandmother likes and stuff that my little sister likes. Uh, you know, how can you know how could that possibly be anything but terrible? But <laughs> yeah, but the biggest omission again, and I cannot believe again for someone like myself with my finger on the pulse of the '80s nation. How how did we not? draw a bullseye on Joey Scarberry and the theme from Greatest American Hero. What? Incorrect. 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 No, no, no. You're breaking no. up on us. I'm sorry. You're breaking up, Jeff. I you can't just, hear you. you just, no. just cast disparaging remarks on Joey Scarberry's work, which I know couldn't be the case. No. I love that song. So, yeah, because when, when, when a song is a punchline in a Seinfeld episode, that's not a good sign. That's that's oh. not that's not good artistic cred. I don't, this is I don't how bad that song is. No, no, we, no, that's how good it is that they chose we it were, to mock. When we were in Cuba, every year we'd have a, a radiothon to raise money for charity. People would pledge money to put their song on the radio, and if someone had more money, they could bump that song off. Ooh. And if I was at the radio station and the, the phones weren't ringing and no money was rolling in, I put on a little Joey Scarberry, and people couldn't <laughs> call fast enough to get that thing off the air. It well, was that's a cash pretty damning cow. evidence, I must say. That's a really kind of cool thing, though. I gotta admit, that's a that's a nice little shtick you had going there. Oh, Radiothon was a big deal down there every year. Wow, I like that. It's a lot of work for your studio staff because we're oh yeah, because you're scrambling around trying. We're to find changing people. songs every every ten, fifteen, twenty seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Well, this has been fun. Um, it's gonna be interesting as we go year by year how much we agree with fans and like whether or not we still see these like dark horses from like soft FM and country and, and some of these other kind of you know actors turned musicians yeah. popping up on the list you know those are always that's always easy yeah. to do I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about patrick swayze she's like the wind here in a couple of years but uh, in the meantime jeff it's it's great to have you back in the states and, and back on stuck in the 80s it's great to be here for those who, who don't follow the facebook jeff was just in orlando was it two weeks ago last week uh yeah a couple weeks and, ago yeah we got together had some oysters it was great um you know, we look forward to having you back on the show. We'll see what happens in 1982. Brad, next time, write a better skit. <laughs> I will. Can't not, be anything worse. No, no. <laughs> Truth be told, we actually wrote that skit in about 10 we seconds that before one the show started. about as fast as we said it. Totally not Brad's fault. It's my fault. Right? You don't want the heat for this. But uh, and uh, It's clearly not my fault. Let's be clear. It's yeah. not my fault. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's your fault is picking Greatest American Hero for uh, a bad song. And for that reason, we're going out of the podcast with that song. So in the meantime, believe it or not, we're still hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. Whether or not our... <laughs> Is that backmasking? <laughs>